Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll and happy new year. I can't believe it's the start of a brand new decade and we are kicking off 2020 with the return of flat earther David Weiss, who offers more proof that we live on a flat plane and not a round ball like most of us have been taught in school and believe today. Very controversial when he was on last time. So if you don't uh, like the subject matter or believe in it, don't yell at me. I'm just giving you some food for thought and letting David uh, explain why he feels he is right. Dave's talking about how he became a flat earther, why he thinks NASA and Disney are the same company, and how actual science proves that the earth is really a flat plane. He even shares some of the experiments he's conducted himself and some that you can do at home to test the theory. Plus, you hear about the government's secret propulsion program, how extraterrestrial aliens factor into the flat earth belief system, and why David thinks nuclear bombs are hoax as well. It's a fascinating conversation, and you can see and hear more about everything David mentions by checking out his YouTube channel, Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. Just search for D-I-T-R-H on YouTube. David also has a podcast, the Flat Earth Podcast, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. So that's it. Here we go. David Weiss is returning to talk as Jericho and kicking off 2020 starting now. Well, let's uh, let's talk about what's been going on uh I think it's been a few years since you were on the show. That long, huh? Yeah, I think, well, maybe a year and a half or so, because you came back for the satanic government with the mysterious, uh, I can't remember what his name was. It's, Russian vids. Russian vids, exactly. But you had reached out to me to, to come back on again um, to talk about the flat earth and the proof that the flat earth is real. And um, you said you went to a big conference in Dallas uh, just recently, I want to hear about, is it a Flat Earth conference? Yeah, so it was the Flat Earth International Conference. It was in uh, Dallas, Texas. It was just uh, earlier uh, this month in November 2019. And uh, it was amazing. I actually presented there. And, and me, like I like talking on radio shows to people that think Flat Earth is stupid. But presenting in front of a bunch of Flat Earthers is uh, very stressful for me. Yeah, so it was it was a, a amazing amazing conference. There was about uh, seven eight hundred attendees, and uh, the movement is growing fast. And there's a reason for that, because it's flat. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: You said it makes you nervous to to speak in front of fellow flat earthers. Wouldn't that be kind of like preaching to the choir? Well, I always say, you know, we have all of these groups and we have these shows like Globebusters. It's a, a show that's on Sunday afternoon on YouTube. And in the chat, you know, are a thousand or so people and they're all flat earthers and we're all preaching to the choir. But preaching to the choir is really an educate. It just educates us. And when you're preaching to the choir, you really have to know all of your details. Not that that we don't always need to know that, but um. When you're talking to somebody that's new to Flat Earth, it's Flat Earth 101. It's like teaching kindergarten. It's the easiest thing. I mean, because the same objections, well, where's the edge? How come no one's fallen off? How come I see different stars? You know, circumnavigation, seasons, sticks and shadows by Aristophanes. You know, they come up with all of the same questions like we haven't heard them a million times and we haven't completely covered them. So mm -hmm. it's a blast. I was listening to your show and 
you, uh, well, I forget how long ago, but in one of the episodes, you were talking, you brought my name up, and you said, yeah, he thinks the earth is flat, but I don't. Right. <laughs> well, um, it, it's funny. Let's put a quick little segue here. So not to get political, but I had Donald Trump Jr. on the show, and people were furious. They were up in arms. Of course, the ones that don't like the Trumps, so I was like, well, then just don't listen. I'm not I'm – not, saying either way uh a or yay or nay if you don't like the show don't listen i said it's the same thing when i have you know david weiss on uh, and the flat earthers i get people that are furious that yes. we would even uh even consider that the earth is, is flat i was one of those people i was furious when people brought it up to me sure and my thing is i never personally at this point haven't heard enough to be convinced, but I'm also very intrigued because you're obviously very knowledgeable and everything that you say makes sense. Now you sent me a video to watch. You said, watch the first two minutes. I watched about the first 10 where they're asking people on the street, is the earth flat or is it round? And everyone says the same thing. It's round. And when they are pressed as to why, well, it's because that's what we've been told. Do you want me to Google something and show you? So when you've been told something for so long, much like the JFK conspiracy or 9-11, sometimes there's a lot more to it that the powers that be just don't want us to know and people just accept it. And I think that's your number one argument as to how Flat Earth could be real. Sure. So we uh, there's a saying by um, another great podcaster, Crow 777 Radio, uh, belief is the enemy of knowing. Um, I start out a lot of my interviews when people, when I'm going on a show that doesn't know who I am, and I give a little bio, and I say uh, that in my education, I went to three years of medical school before I dropped out, and uh, because I thought allopathic medicine was nonsense, and I went a more natural route, and blah 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 blah. And then two minutes into the into the presentation, I talk about belief being the enemy of knowing. I said belief is easy. Somebody tells you something, you can believe it, and your entire day is free. Go drink some beers, take a nap, watch TV, do whatever you want. Uh, you're done. But if you want to check, did is did he really drop out after three years of medical school? It's going to take you a week to figure out where I live, where I went to school, where I supposedly went to school, and then you'll find out I didn't go to medical school. And that was nonsense. We are trusting human beings. We believe what authoritative people tell us. There's no reason. The default that people have is they believe. Um, but belief is the enemy of knowing. So the, the funny thing is the people that attack Flat Earth don't even know what the globe is. They defend a model that they don't know. Um, in my presentation, I had a list of questions. Can I run a few questions by you? And by the way, not picking on you. You Please. might know some of the answers, but I did not know any of them. <laughs> I probably don't, but lay it on me. Lay it on me. So you believe in the ball. Let's uh, let's try to find a reason why you believe in it. First, um, how? what's the circumference of the Earth globe? I, I don't even, uh, I'm not very 24,901 miles. Well, who the hell is going to know that? <laughs> well, well, that's right. But, okay. but it's something, it's like you believe something, but you don't know that. Um, how fast is it spinning? Was it like eight, eight feet an hour or something? I don't know. You tell me. It's a thousand miles per hour. Okay. Because it's, <laughs> think of it, 24,000 miles around, a thousand miles per hour. It takes uh, 24,000 miles, 24 hours to spin around once. Mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. the, that's what we believe. Uh, how fast is it orbiting the sun? And you don't know the answer to that. The answer is 66,600 miles per hour. Interesting number. Um, it, it's, so that's a, that's a speed that nobody can even fathom because that speed probably doesn't even exist. And then there's another motion. The sun is shooting through the galaxy at over a half a million miles per hour. So we're spinning, corkscrewing through a galaxy at incomprehensible speeds, and that's what you believe. You believe when you watch the sunset over the ocean that you're falling over backwards almost twice the speed of sound. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound crazy? Yeah, absolutely. And I remember we discussed this last time. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's what the helio nonsensical model tells you. Um, is, is the case. Think about this. If you go out tonight at midnight and look at all the stars in the sky and get a little chart and mark them, say, okay, this star's here, this star's there. A year ago from tonight or 10 years ago from tonight or whatever, you go back and look and the stars are in the exact same position. They haven't moved an inch. How is that possible mm -hmm. when we're corkscrewing through the universe um, billions of miles a year? Now, what would the, the, the round earthers say the in defense of that? No, but what would, but what would the round earthers oh. say to defend that? Yeah, so the round earthers say that it's 
so far away that there's no parallax, that hmm. all that a billion miles at a hundred billion miles doesn't make a difference. You know, when you're looking at uh, when you're driving down the road and trees are whizzing by, the parallax is so fast you can't even keep track of it. But the the you know the trees that are up on the mountain way in the distance they're moving a lot slower because of the distance. They're saying the distance is so great um, that you can't that there is no parallax. It's utter nonsense. But um, let me paint a little picture for you on what um, people believe stars are and how how they're impossible to see. So. One thing they don't teach us in school is the angular resolution limits of our eyes. Well, what does that mean? It means that the smaller something gets, the you know, and when it gets to an arc angle, you know, uh, less than 0.2 degrees of a of a degree in size, your eye just can't resolve it. All right, makes right. sense. Understand? Yeah. So in the heliocentric model with the giant sun and the tiny Earth, imagine if the sun was just a mile above your head. Um, when you look up, you're going to see the from horizon to horizon. It's going to fill the whole sky. Agreed? Right. Right. right so now we're going to move it. How far away is the sun? You have no idea. 93 million miles. <laughs> Nobody knows how they came up with that. And, and the, the actual explanation is nonsense. But move it 93 million miles away, and it's the size of a dime held at arm's length. We can all agree with that. Right. Okay. So it reduced from the entire sky, horizon to horizon, the size of a dime held at arm's length. If we doubled that distance, do you think you'd be able to see it? Or how about this? If we eight times that distance, do you think you could see it? No. I mean, I, a, lo a logical mind, a thinking mind would say, of course not. Its angular size would be too small. And uh, the diminishing um, light you know, travels with the inverse square law. We can get into that, but it just diminishes. So, of course, you can see that. We're told that the stars that we see in the sky, many of them are suns just like ours. The closest star is 4.3 light years, they tell us. Do you know what a light year is? A light year is the distance light travels in a year. That's a lot. Right. Okay? Getting back to my question, if we eight times the distance of the shrinking sun, you're not going to be able to see it. That's one light hour. Hmm. Okay? Right. And – the closest star is 4.3 light years, all right? Just wrap your mind around that, people. The stars that we see are not what they say. There's nothing, you know, the stars that, we, our optics, um, our camera, our zoom lenses, optics have outgrown their lies. We can now zoom in on stars, and we're not seeing these burning balls of hydrogen. We could zoom in on planets, which used to be called wandering stars until, you know, NASA came around. They're pulsing orbs of energy and they're within our world so so explain that further so um again the truth about anything in the sky sun, sun moon wandering stars planets whatever you want to call them stars the only thing that we can truthfully accurately say about them is that they're luminaries that they're lights in the sky we can't go there so we we can just say what we see because optics in the sky are are uh, very tricky but when when I, I have some videos on my channel, D-I-T-R-H, which is the initials for Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole. Just go to the stars playlist and you'll we zoom in on them and we see these pulsing orbs of energy. So what are they? I don't know. Personally, I think that they're intelligent. I don't know. You know, the jumping back a little bit. When I started looking into flat Earth, I believed in uh, you know evolution, the Big Bang theory. I believed it all. I loved science, loved Star Wars, loved loved it all. Secret space program, aliens. Mm -hmm. And then when I did enough research to understand that the heliocentric model is nonsense, and uh, that the flat Earth, um, even though we don't have the 100% accurate exact way it works, um, that we do live in an intelligently designed place. That means there's a creator. And I don't know, you know, I'll just take it to that le level. There's a creator that created this place for us. So we're at the center of creation rather than what the elite want us to believe is that we're a random speck on a random speck amongst trillions of other random specks where another random speck can crash into us and kill us at any moment. Nuclear bombs, you know, all, all this fear and you don't know who you are. You don't know where you are. You don't know what you are. And you lose, you give up your divine power. Hmm. So that's that's the reason that this deception has taken place. That is the reason NASA, the you know basically NASA and Disney are the same company, is here 
to make you believe that you can walk on a ball and that there's other balls to walk on. Now, why would you say that Disney and NASA are pretty much the same company? <laughs> so again, I, I, I became a flat earther um, in a weird way, which I didn't, uh, most people get here by looking into NASA and realizing, oh my God, it's all garbage. You know, the moon isn't even a place that you could go if you could go there. Mm-hmm. That, you know, none of it makes any sense. And then they become a flat earther. I became a flat earther. And then some people were talking about NASA. I'm like, what do you mean? We didn't go to the moon. I thought that was a conspiracy. I looked into it for 10 minutes. I'm like, oh my God, people believe because they want to believe, you know, um, the, the, do you believe we went to the moon? Do you have an opinion on it? I don't think that we went to the moon personally. Okay, very yeah. good. Very good. That's yeah. a start. So if you look at, um, let, let's, let's talk about the, the moon and it's light on a full moon night. The moon is lit from edge to edge, bright as can be. And if you're in a dark area away from city lights, um, you can read by the moonlight, right? You've seen mm-hmm. it. The moon's bright enough to cast a shadow on the ground. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So how does a dusty, dirty ball reflect a sun's rays from 93 million miles away? And then it reflects 238,000 miles to Earth and be bright enough to cast a shadow and to read by that. That doesn't make any sense. The moon is its own light. Uh, maybe it's being charged by the electric sun. I, I don't know, but it's proven to be its own light because if you look at it, it's even lit edge to edge. And that's not how a ball being lit by a single source light would look. It would have a highlight and then it would fade out towards the edges. You can't light up a ball like that unless the ball is its own light and it goes through these power up and power down phases. Again, we don't know what it is, but what we can prove is it's not – being lit by the sun. Here's a here's a, a proof. I'll get into it. And people that are listening that think this is stupid, here's the problem. You're not thinking. So there's a law called the inverse square law of light. Did you learn that in school? I I don't know. I don't remember. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know any of this. I had no idea. Yeah. Uh, they don't. They don't teach this stuff. So the inverse square law of light says when you ha- when you have a light a bright um, a light at a certain brightness and you half the distance to that light, it's four times brighter. Then you half that distance, it's four times brighter again. So if the moon is 238,000 miles away, and let's just say it's one lumen, one, Mm -hmm. okay? One lumen, I don't think you can read by one lumen. It's probably more like 50 lumens or whatever. But let's just say it's one lumen just to give the ball the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. And you half your way to the moon, now now it's four lumens. Then you half that distance again, it's 16 lumens. And you half that again, it's 64 lumens. And this is... This is, uh, you know, you keep doing that until you're 100 miles from the moon. And I forget the number exactly, but it's like 900 million lumens or whatever. It's brighter than the sun, right? Right. That's not the case. When we saw the, you know, we, we took these rockets to the moon. These guys went there on these untested lunar landers, played golf, you know, drove around in dune buggies and uh, hammered a flag in the ground. And uh, they filmed it and it wasn't brighter than your backyard on a you know, on a, on a cloudy afternoon or or something, yeah, whatever. It's not like that. So just using actual science will prove that what we're showing about the moon is nonsense. People say, what about the pictures from the moon? We have the famous earth rise, right? We see the earth rising. We took that picture off the website, off of NASA's website, put it into Photoshop, cranked up the volumes, and there's a box, a Photoshop box around the moon, um, that's the first problem. The second problem is the moon's face, the same size, supposedly only faces the Earth all the time. So all the places that they landed on the moon, uh, the moon would be over their head, not on the horizon. It would be directly above them because they're on the side that's facing the Earth. And the third problem is the the Earth was the same size as the as as the moon was from the Earth. It should be six times bigger and a lot brighter because, you know, with the oceans and whatnot, it's more reflective. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. So if you're talking about, you know, if, if, if the Earth is, is flat, 
then how can, let's say, like a sunrise and a sunset happen at different times? Like if you're in L.A. and it's, you know, the sun is rising. Meanwhile, in New York, it's already risen. Or if if sun is going down in L.A. and it's already pitch black in New York, how does that work? Yeah, so that that is a more difficult one to answer on the radio, but I'll draw a small picture and I'll 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 head, tell people to go again to my channel D I T R H or actually I have a better way for you guys to find videos, but it's I have a sunset video. And the thing is we see the luminaries in the sky in what we call a PAD, a pad, a personal atmospheric dome. And we can recreate this So if you take a a glass dome and put it on your desk and then you hold the light off to the side and uh, you just make the light go across the top of the dome above it in a straight line inside that dome, you'll see what looks just like a sun rise and then set and then fade out and disappear. And if you had one dome to the right and one dome to the left and you started, you know, when the when the light is at noon on the first dome, the other one will it'll be on the edge. Um, and th- that explains the time zones. Again, hard to understand on the radio, but um, it does work. And but, then, then go ahead. I was just saying, it's, it's a valid thought because it's the same thing with like seasons, right? Like in, I don't know, like in Australia, for example, it's winter when it's summer here. Yeah, yeah. Summer in Australia and it's getting to be winter here. All right. Here's one. Again, it's not, a, I'm going to uh, keep it as short as I can, but. Think about this. This is how it works. Okay, we're told that uh, you know you have your sun off to the right here, and the Earth is on a ball, and it's tilted. The upper half is tilted towards the sun, so the United States is facing the sun, so it's getting more direct sun rays. That's our summer, right? And then six months later, when we're on the other side of the sun with the same tilt, we're tilted away, and that sun is spread over a wider area because we're tilted away. Right. Right. This is what we're taught. school. this causes the season. So that 34 degree tilt of the earth causes the seasons just by the angle of the sun. But that is not the case on June 21st, which is the summer solstice in the north. If you go down to the water's edge, when the sun appears in the morning, as soon as the sun appears, that's way more than a 34 degree angle. That's literally 89 and a half degrees. You know, it, that is the most severe angle where its light is spread over the widest distance. It is the least direct sun. But as soon as that sun appears on June 21st, you can close your eyes and you can feel the sun pounding on your face. You can feel the heat. And within a few minutes, you know, the sun is really, you know, blazing on you. Right. Then again, on December 21st, which is the winter solstice, when the sun is on its outer southern area, um, at the highest point of the sun during that day, so solar noon on the 21st, you go outside, the sun is maybe 50 degrees up in the sky, and you stare at it, and you barely feel any heat. And that is a much more direct angle. The other thing that people don't realize is, during our winter in the helio-nonsensical model, the sun is 4 million miles closer to the Earth, okay? So not only is it closer and at a way more direct angle at noon on the 21st, where you can't feel the sun, it's farther on June 21st at the most severe angle that they tell us causes the seasons, and you could feel the heat on your face. This tells us that this entire angle um, nonsense is utter nonsense. And the truth is that the sun travels in between the Tropic of Cancer and the Tropic of Capricorn um, every six months. The Tropic of Cancer is a circle which is around the North Pole where the sun travels all the way to that on June 21st. Six months later, it starts marching outwards. Three months later, it crosses the equator. And three months later, it's uh, you know December 21st, and it's out on the Tropic of Capricorn and over the outer southern lands, summer. So they're closer to the sun. It's that simple. Um, okay, well, let me ask you some of the... Did you the, follow that or did you... No, no, of, co- of course I follow it. Like I said, I mean, it, it's very scientific and all that sort of stuff, and it still doesn't change the fact that it, you know, like it's snowing in one place and sunny in another. But um, let's go to something that's a little bit more uh, logical, shall we say, when you're talking about flying in an airplane, and you can see... I mean, this is an old, old faith. I'm sure you've discussed this one over and over again, but it's the most probably the most common defense that the earth is round when you're talking about the curvature of the planet when you're in an airplane. Yeah. So are you saying, are you suggesting that you can see the curvature when you're in an airplane? 
Well, I mean, you would definitely be able to. I mean, that's definitely the, the thought process. I mean, I, I'm not sitting outside in, in, in the in the pilots, you know, uh, area every yeah. time to be able to see it. But the times that I have been, there is a, a definite curve to the Earth. So there, there isn't. It, it's funny. It's it's. Uh, and again, I thought the same thing. It's it's literally your brainwash. It's it's if um we see whatever height we're at, we see farther when we're higher, and we see a certain distance. And and to the point where the perspective makes the sky look like it's touching the earth, and that's that's called the horizon. It's apparent. It's an apparent position based on visibility and height. Mm-hmm. So so if you're looking straight forward at twelve o'clock um, and you see the horizon, let's say just for a number, it's a hundred miles away. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Hundred miles. Then at one o'clock, a hundred miles, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock, and you make X's all the way around and connect those X's. You're drawing a big circle, a big flat circle, like a pizza. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and then your brain is telling you, oh, that's the curve of the earth. No, that's just the flat curve of your vision. Um, It's like looking across a circular table and seeing the curved edge and saying your table is a ball. You said you're traveling on an airplane. Okay. Wait, by the way, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the high priest of uh, global uh, science, uh, scientism says that you cannot see the curve of the earth at the height that Felix Baumgarten jumped out of his balloon. Okay, the the Red Bull guy, and that was at 127,000 feet. You cannot see the curve of the Earth at 127,000 feet. And if you go back to those videos, you'll see that it's a fisheye lens that they're using that's flexing all over the place. It's curved. It's convex. It's 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 insane. So, again, that's why people think they see a curve. Either they're looking through a curved window. Their programming is telling them that that curved horizon. Is uh, is a sphere and not just a curved horizon of vision, and uh, and sometimes the windows are curved, which makes it you know also look curved. And sometimes you're using a fisheye lens, which adds a curve. There's curves everywhere. The last thing I want to point out, and then I want to talk more about what you've been experiencing, is if you're talking about uh, the higher, you know, if you if you if you're looking as, as far, you know, if you're standing on the ground and you look as far as you can see, and I see you know the tree in the distance. If I climb a ladder you can see further. If I go up a tree, you can see further. Right. Wouldn't that suggest yes. a curvature of the earth? Because if it was flat, you'd be seeing the same no matter where you stood. Yeah, so these are the pre-programmed responses that we're all trained to say and see. Um, and I've done, I have experiments on my YouTube channel showing that is that is not the case. Okay. Um, what, what happens is, one of the things is the horizon always rises to eye level. In fact, it always rises to almost eye level mm-hmm. um, because that convergence point is just, it's always beyond, you know, the true horizon is, is beyond the convergence point. So when you're looking across somewhere, the things closer to the ground have the smallest arc size, angular size. And when they get so small, um, you can't see them. So here's an experiment we did. We're at a Home Depot, super smooth floor, really long hallways. And we took a camera, um, a phone camera and put the camera, you know, right down on the floor. And we had a red brick and we had it right in front of the lens, filled up the whole screen. Then we moved that red brick all the way far, farther away. It got smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where the camera couldn't see it anymore on a perfectly flat floor. And we're not even taking in, there's no atmospheric, uh, disturbance and stuff that we, that we would, would experience when we're looking at celestial objects in the sky. But it literally disappeared and you could no longer see it. So you can do this yourself. Um, know that this is a fact. So question for you. Have I stacked three more bricks on top of that? Mm-hmm. Would you see those three bricks? Yes. Yeah, of course. Very good. Your, your thinking <laughs> makes sense. But the bottom brick is missing. A glober will say that it's behind the curve. But if you lift the camera up, you're increasing the angular size, and there it is again, and you can now see the floor beyond it. There's a video that literally just came out today. So we have the curvature formula for this 24,901-mile ball is approximately eight inches per mile squared, something they don't teach you in school. It's very simple, sounds complicated. First mile is eight inches. Second mile is two miles. Two times two is four times eight is 32 inches. At three miles, the horizon should be six feet. You know, a, a six-foot person standing at the water's edge should see the horizon at three miles. This is agreed upon globe math, okay, for, for a, a ball the size they say. Um, we have a camera that's a foot and a half, two feet off the ground. So we calculate 
you know, how far is see the horizon should be under two miles away at that height. But we can zoom in and see, you know, like a rock, the, a charted rock or, or a fishing tower or whatever is out there that are 10 miles, 13, 15 miles away. And not only should they be hidden completely behind a curve, but we can see the water surface mm. for miles beyond them. Okay. Right. So that shows you there is no curvature. There is no curvature, no curvature, no ball. That's interesting. Um, and like I said, it's always it's always cool to talk to you because you definitely know what you're, what, what you're referring to. You know all the facts and figures and all the information. So how, I guess, in the last few years, how has the movement increased and how do you try and kind of spread the truth, so to speak, uh, in a world that doesn't want you to, to be doing this? And also, too, it's a kind of a double-edged question. Why is there such an argument? If the Earth is flat, why do people still want to push it as it's round? What's the difference? Yeah, so that, that those are all good questions, and coming on shows like yours helps. Right. Um, you know, reaching out to, to other people. You ask a lot of questions there. Why, why does it matter? Why would they hide it? Mm -hmm. um, those are all very, very important questions. There was about 15 conferences worldwide this year. I noticed I said not around the world, worldwide. <laughs> and uh, there was one in Brazil, um, and they did a survey in Brazil, how many people think the Earth could be flat, and uh, it was the, the percentage equaled um, – 11 million people, I think, Wow! Uh, in Brazil think that the earth is flat. And they announced the conference, I, I think it was a thousand seats, and it sold out faster than a fish concert. Hmm. It's crazy what's going on. And I think there's 20 conferences slated for this year. Um, it could be more at any point because we don't even know. They're popping up all over the place. So the, here's the thing is when you wake up to the flat earth deception – I mean, to the, to the, I said flat earth deception. There we go. That's going to bite me. Um, to the globe lie, there's no looking back. Once you see the flat earth, there's nothing to go back to. And by the way, it's a way better place. You realize that, you know, people say, oh, you just want to feel important. You want to feel smarter. That is not why I got into this. You know, if anyone knows the work I've done before, I'm just looking for truth. And I fought the flat earth. I do not want this. I don't want to be ostracized, you know, but that was what it was like five years ago. Now, uh, people are, I'm getting interview requests all the time. Hard copy, or no, Inside Edition. I was just on CNN. I saw that, uh, yeah. Yeah, and by the way, they misquoted everything I said, but for <laughs> CNN, I'll give it to them. It wasn't so bad. Right. <laughs> it wasn't so bad. Um, and I, I, can I read, uh, I get tons of emails of, of people saying, oh my God, I thought you were stupid. I mocked you, and now, now I see it. Can I read a short email that Please. I got? And I've gotten many of these, Chris. So how do I spread the word? This one says, hey, Dave, just wanted to say thank you for all the hard work you do and for opening me to Flat Earth and then practically every other conspiracy. Um, you woke me up with the first podcast with Jericho as I'm a wrestling fan, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times by now, but I've listened to it, laughed at you, and the next thing I know, almost two years later, I'm going to a Flat Earth International Conference. You're awesome, and you've helped change my life for the better. Here's the thing. When you discover that uh, the earth is flat and that we are in the center and that we are created and this place is for us and that we're not random accidents. You take back your power. The elite, for lack of a better word, that are running the show here are satanic in nature. And their goal is to make you believe that the creator does not exist. Because if you don't believe there's a creator, you're going to do things. You're going to be selfish. You're going to, you're going to strive for, you know, self, self gain and whatnot. If everyone woke up to the flat earth tomorrow, all of the nonsense would stop. Governments would collapse. I mean, it would kind of, might be a little ugly at first, mm -hmm. but you know, people in general are, are night are, are normal. People don't want to kill each other. You know, like a Russian kid doesn't want to kill an American kid. But, you know, if the government sends them over there and says, kill them, you know, or whatever country we're fighting in, you know, Afghanistan, these are innocent kids fighting for whose purpose? For their own? Do they hate each other? No. The, these government corporations are creating these wars and literally controlling our minds. If you watch the news every day, uh, live in a case, uh, you know, fear, uh, Ebola is going to get you, uh, Kim Jong-un is going to launch a nuclear bomb, by the way, which doesn't exist, and an uh, asteroid is going to hit us, and there's no more. There, this is it. The whole world's been discovered, Truman. There's nothing else to see, mm -hmm. you know, from the Truman Show. Then you've cut yourself off. 
from your divinity, from who you are, where you are, and, and what you are. It's mm. literally stealing your life. That's why I'm so passionate about this. I have kids, you know, I want them to have a world where we're not these slaves. People are like, well, you know, it, it's harder to get somebody that has uh, made it in this world, has financial success, because you know what? It could be comfortable. You know, you, you got money, money makes the world go round. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's easy to survive and be comfortable. And, and it's really hard to buck the system. People don't like having their ball taken away. They're trained from before preschool. Everything's globe. You know, if, if you, anyone has Apple TV, look at the screensavers. They're all nonsense videos from the space station, which don't exist. They're programming. They have, they have a new show called for, for All Humanity, and it's about the moon missions and going to Mars. It's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. A quick segue, you said that the that Korea doesn't have a nuclear bomb. Nuclear bombs don't exist. Yeah, so uh, when I heard that, again, it struck an emotional path because when I was a kid, we got the duck and cover under our desks to to uh, put, you know hide from nuclear bombs if there right. was ever an attack. You know, people say, what about Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Well, there's video of them stockpiling TNT at those blast sites prior to the blast. We, you know, we're all told what a nuclear bomb does. Three days later... The trains were running, the stores were open, they were selling flowers and all is well. Does that sound like a nuclear bomb? Any right. buildings that had fireproofing, uh, except for the immediate blast zone, were still standing and running and electricity was back up. Hmm. It's a hoax. It's to make you think that you know the world could come to an end. Kim Jong-un, have you ever heard him speak? No. Good point. He is just a, I believe he's probably a mentally handicapped person in an institution that they take out, they make him clap in front of a green screen and smile, you know, in a, put him in a uniform and that's it. You look at half the pictures of him with all the troops in the background and you zoom in on those troops, they're stepped and repeated. They're the same troops again and again. Hmm. Nuclear bombs do not exist. So, and for those of you that's like, wait a minute, I need more information. Go on YouTube or go to Crow with two R's, C-R-R-O-W, triple seven, 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 radio.com. And then look up a nuclear hoax episode. Watch that. The, the first the first hour is free. The second hour is uh, you have to become a member. But all you need is the first hour. Just go watch that. Listen to that. And you will know why and how the nuclear hoax started. How is it for you, um, just quickly, I mean, it, it's the old joke is how do you know somebody's a vegan because they tell you, uh, you know, in five minutes. For you, you you mentioned how you became enlightened to the flat earth. You mentioned you have kids. I mean, is it, do you have a, a group of friends that are round, what would you call them, rounders? <laughs> is it is it hard for you in society? Uh, what, what's it like, you know, when you, when you started proclaiming this? Yeah, so that that's a good question, and uh, thanks for asking that. You know, I, long before Flat Earth, I was posting about uh, geoengineering and uh, the spraying of our skies and and people just, you know, attacked sure. and it was horrible. And I posted tons on Facebook and no one even comments, you know, other than a sarcastic comment. But after doing that for years and years and years, um, I'm at a local at uh, the town fireworks and uh, the all, blue sky sun is you know getting ready to go down. And all of a sudden the planes came in super hard, spraying grid, grid patterns. And all of my friends that never liked one of my posts, never commented. They're like, hey, Dave. And they're pointing up. They're like, I'm like, oh, now now you see it. Now you see it. So it took years for people to stop ridiculing me on that. Five years ago when I got into Flat Earth, um, I didn't mention it to any of my friends. I didn't post any of it because it, it you know, the reactions back then were horrible, but I've gotten to the point now where um, there's so many good videos uh, showing experiments and and uh, showing real science and showing stuff that's not even up for debate, that there is no curvature, that you can't have air pressure next to a vacuum without a solid barrier. And they're all quiet. A couple of them have contacted me on the side. So yeah, you know, talking, you know, when you go out with people that aren't awake, there's a lot, there, there, you have a limited things to talk about. The new movies that are out, the weather, sports, you know, what's going on at work, you know, there, and there's some interesting stuff. I'm not saying that, you know, they have nothing, but they're sleeping. They're sleeping and they're, they, even if they've seen the flat earth stuff and they haven't looked, they're like, yeah, hey, what difference does it make? I still have to go to work tomorrow. That is Stockholm syndrome. They, they don't realize that their divinity is being stolen from them. 
I have a challenge for your listeners before we lose any more of them. What? <laughs> when I first was introduced to Flat Earth, I, I wouldn't watch a one-minute video. I would argue with somebody for an hour before I would watch one minute of a video because it's so stupid. But then I was forced to look. And uh, five years later, I'm the host of the Flat Earth podcast. Right now, here's a, a big sign. You know, you can go on YouTube, look up Bigfoot, aliens. It's all there. Oh, remind me to talk about aliens when we're done. Mm -hmm. It's all there. Flat Earth, they're hiding all of it. You search YouTube for Flat Earth, the algorithms bring you to the to propaganda videos, stuff that is just ridiculous, but to the uneducated, they'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, Flat Earth is stupid. You Google Flat Earth, you get to the Flat Earth Society. None of us believe anything that's on that site. The FlatEarthSociety.com or .org or whatever it is, is a government-controlled disinformation site that's pushed out by Google to anybody searching Flat Earth. So they go in there and they go, oh, yeah, this is stupid. I never need to look again. So it, it's difficult to to find uh, the videos that I suggest. Like if I send, if you say, Dave, what about circumnavigation? And I send you a link to my video called Circumnavigation for Dummies, you'll watch it. And then the next video will be a NASA propaganda piece uh, that YouTube will suggest. So I created an app uh, that's for iPhone and for Android called the Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock App. Mm -hmm. Um, on that app, besides giving you a working model, showing you how seasons work, how the stars rotate, how the sun laps the moon every 28 days, how the, how the stars lap the sun every year, um, how weather patterns work, it shows you everything. It has a frequently asked questions button, which will answer the top 21 questions. The you know, if you're new to Flat Earth, you're going to ask me the same 21 questions I get from everyone else. Um, but it brings you to... Um, to playlists that I've created and I'm constantly updating that will answer those questions. And the, the one of the great things about the app, in the bottom left-hand corner, there's the featured video of the day. And every day, a new video gets posted there, short ones during the week because people have to go to their slave jobs and uh, longer ones on the weekends. And, um, and the challenge is, get the app. It's $2.99. It cost me a ton of money to make. And uh, watch that video every day for two weeks. There is no possible way that you can watch those videos every day for two weeks and not become a flat earther. At the conference, I can't tell you how many people came up to me, said, I got your app, I took the challenge, but I didn't wait. I hit the archive button. I watched everything in two days and holy crap, my, you've ruined my life. My, the earth is flat and I have to basically redo everything. The beautiful thing about flat earth is, you know, it's, it's like losing a loved one. You know, you, everyone loves their ball and the, you know, the space and everything. But once you get over the anger and, and getting pissed and, and the, the psyop of saying, there's nothing I can do, what can I do? I'm just a little human being. That's the psyop. There's plenty you can do. You can take your power back instantaneously and they can't stop you. Um, it makes us all better people. It really does. It's bringing people to the creator. It's bringing people, they're changing their lives. Everyone, like at the conference, I turn around, and there's five people behind me, all of them I have more in common with than my best friends in town. Right. I was going to say too, like, it's almost like, I, I mean, are you, do you have a girlfriend? Are you married? What, do you have? A... I'm essentially married. I'm, I'm with my girl for 13 years. Okay. We live together. We're um, no need for the government to tell me that I love her. Okay, great. Are, are you, are, is she a, a flat earther as well? hundred percent. She's okay. on board and, uh, and, and she does her research and, you know, we don't just believe someone tells us something. If someone tells us something that's pro flat earth, I don't go, yeah, and post it. I look at it. I dig in, I make sure it's right. And then I post it. It seems like, dude, like you want to talk about a, a reality show. It seems like you'd be perfect to do some kind of a show espousing the, the, the truths of flat earth. You know, it, it's, it, 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 one day it'll get there if the if the elite don't flip the table over. This is their most important secret because it's not the shape of the earth that matters. It's who you are. It's it's that they don't want you to know that your true thoughts create your physical reality. They don't want you to know that. They want you to think that you need to work hard, you know, and then drink beer on the weekends and and watch movies. And, you know, and then one day when you're old and you can't walk anymore, you can retire to Florida. All right. That's what they want you to believe um, when the opposite is the true. You know, what if there's more land beyond Antarctica? What if there's 50, 100 more continents out there? Mm -hmm. Okay, that you're unaware of people. Well, how is that possible? Well, it's impossible if you think you live on a ball. 
right? On the flat earth plane, it could go. We don't know what's beyond the shoreline of Antarctica. Again, in the app, go to the Antarctica button on the frequently asked questions page, and then you'll understand how it's possible to keep Antarctica a secret. Let's talk about that for a bit, because that was going to be my next question anyways. And I know we, we discussed it a little bit last time, but I'd like to hear it again. What is, why aren't you able to go past Antarctica and, and how they stop everybody? Well, how they stop right? it, and also too, if the Earth is flat, is there yeah. like a giant wall around the edge to keep all the water in? So we've all heard of the ice wall, and we've all watched Game of Thrones, and that's not what it's like. Okay, so what is it then? So, so let let me draw a picture. You probably know it. Just draw a picture of what the flat Earth is for for new people. Imagine a big lake in uh, Kansas where it's very flat. Um, the lake is. Uh, you know, 10 miles in, across, so diameter, uh, circular lake, 10 miles across. In the center of the lake, you have a pole, uh, a big, a big, you know, magnetic pole. That's the North Pole, mm -hmm. right? I'm just saying a pole because I just want people to visualize. Okay, so you have a big magnet in the north, and you have a bunch of islands surround going throughout the lake, and you're on your boat. And uh, you break out your compass, and the north needle points to the center of the lake, right? Mm -hmm. So west is 90 degrees from the center. But when you travel west, when you travel west, um, you have to turn. Otherwise, the compass needle is going to start spinning. You have to keep that needle. So west and east are circles. They're not straight lines. And that's the same on a ball, too. Okay, it's the same on a flat earth on a ball. Earth. It doesn't prove the earth is flat or a ball, but east and west are circles around the center. Okay, south is any direction away from the center. So if you're standing at the pole in the middle, if you head to the left or to the right or forward or backwards, all of those directions are south. Okay. Again, that doesn't prove the flat earth because on a ball, if you're standing on the top at the North Pole, any direction away you go is south and you supposedly end up at the bottom. The problem is billions of people have circumnavigated east and west. You could fly from L.A. over to Japan, you know, across the Far East and come back around to New York. Um, and you went west the entire time. West is a circle around the center on a flat earth. OK, you can go back the other way. You can even go from the United States north up over close to the North Pole and then across the other side. So you're going north. As soon as you pass the North Pole, you're going south and you end up at Japan or China or wherever you want to go. That's easy. Nobody has ever gone south and come up the other side ever mm -hmm. because you can't because the earth is flat because so now you're on the lake. You got you sail around one way around around the other way. You've circumnavigated the, the world. Now you sail away from the north. And what's going to happen? You're going to hit the shoreline of the lake. So people say, well, I won't show me, take a picture of the edge. Well, there's the edge of the lake, right? You can't jump off the lake. You can't fall off the lake. It's the edge. And so all of the land, all of the rest of Kansas and the United States is more land that's out there, okay, mm -hmm. that we don't have access to. So there's, um, there's degrees of latitude, right? Degrees of latitude, um, the equator is the center, and then, you know, that's uh, 90 degrees, and then you can go 80 degrees south, 70 degrees south, 60 degrees south, and these are all circles that are expanding out from the equator. The 60th parallel is, a, is an imaginary line that is several hundred miles from the shoreline of Antarctica, and no independent travel is allowed there. Nobody is allowed to bring extra fuel beyond that point, Okay. So let's say they were going to allow you to independently explore Antarctica. So you go down there, you, you have to get by the 60th parallel, you get to the shoreline of Antarctica, which is a 200 high foot ice cliff. All right. Got to, right. you, you get up there, you got a crane off of your ship and you, you know, you, you got your sled dogs, whatever it is, you got to pack up your stuff. Now you got to go hundreds of miles through cold and dark and it gets really dark out there where the, you may never see the sun. Right. And then you're going to hit a mountain range that's like three miles high that goes up like jagged, frozen mountains in the dark. How are you going to get past that? Right. And if you get out there, you know, that's if the if they tell us the size of Antarctica is the size it is, which it isn't. Um, it's ridiculous. Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. The, the oceans of the world are in the basin of the of this uh, just of the Antarctic basin. 
Antarctica is the world that surrounds us. Getting beyond that, there's a video uh, in the app. Just go to the Antarctica uh, thing. It's called uh, Sorry, Antarctica's Closed. And we show you that for you to do an exploration of Antarctica, it's going to cost you several million dollars in permits that they can say, uh, no, we don't like the reason you're going. And then you lose all your money and you can't even go. Hmm. Okay. They right. make it impossible. That's the difference between knowing and believing. Knowing takes time. Belief is, you know, say, just say something and you can believe it. How do you deal with, uh, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you mentioned in, in the notes that you sent me, a lot of censorship towards, you know, the Flat Earthers, both on YouTube and Apple TV. Let's talk about that for a bit. Yeah, so there's a purge coming up. Uh, YouTube has been announcing, you know, billions of dollars in losses or whatever the number was. And um, they're now saying that uh, December 10th, uh, 2019, I think that's the date, that they're changing their policy and that they can eliminate any channels that are not economically viable. So what's an economically viable channel? A channel that they can monetize, that they can put ads on, and they've demonetized all of us. So come December, between December 10th and January 1st, I think, um, every single Flat Earth YouTube channel could just be wiped. It could just disappear. And then what do we do? So we're on other channels like BitChute and, uh, and Library, and, uh, you know, there's these other other channels that we're, we're mirroring all our stuff. But again, they could be controlled also. The problem is anybody that's not awake, they only know YouTube. They don't know these other channels. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're going to be over there preaching to the choir. So that's why we're taking to the streets right now. The Globe Lie Euro Tour is going on. It's been going on for a couple of months. We got a big um, a big camper van with labels all over it. And they've been going to, I think it's 50 different countries all through Europe. And they're live streaming every day where they set up, set up, you know, big banners and stuff. And they're talking to people about flat earth and uh, it's making waves over there. I think they're ending in a week or a couple weeks, but um, you can check that out. Just Google, uh, you search uh, YouTube for Globe Lie tour and uh, watch some of those live streams are kind of fun. Have you ever been uh, physically threatened or, or felt any type of danger? I mean, obviously, if this is part of the satanic government, uh, like you say, you you would be one of the of the, of the enemies against the cause. Yeah, you know that that's another psyop, another fear. FDR said the truest words ever: the only thing to fear is fear itself. Because there's a a, a God given law or our karmic law, whatever you want to call it, natural law, and that law is that we have free will. Because um, you know, I used to think that was stupid. You know, what do you mean we have free will? Well. A creator created us and gave us free will. So we have free will and they can't take it from us, but they can fool us into giving it to them. That's why on all these false flags and stuff, they always tell us what they're doing. You know, there's on Apple TV just the other day, I was scanning some shows and um, one of them is, uh, is their prime show. Their top show is called um, The Morning Show. It's like a Regis and Kathy Lee behind the scenes thing. And that one of the writers was one of the speakers was upset that they changed her script. And she goes, she goes, I didn't approve that. They made it sound ridiculous. Like I was living in a snow globe. And the other one looks at her and goes, no, it's flat. And then the show just kept going on. I'm like, what is that about? <laughs> They're sticking it in our faces. They're laughing at us. Um, the only way they can get you is if you have fear. Okay. Or if you agree to their nonsense. Like, you know, the people that sell their souls for fame and fortune, um, they can be killed if they break that contract because they've signed probably in blood, you know, that they agree to keep this contract. So, you know, if you watch, um, uh, there, there was one on the music industry, um, I'm just spacing on the name, where he said he sold his soul to the devil. I mean, said that Kanye said he sold his soul to the devil, but... um. Mm -hmm. Ah, just based on the name right now, but, it, but he sold his soul and he's keeping up his end, you know, and that's why uh, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan gotcha. sold his soul. He admitted on 60 minutes that he sold his soul to the devil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that he's keeping up his, his end of the bargain. <laughs> but, but like I said, so, so what does, you know, if you're talking about Apple TV as well, is it, maybe this is a very hard subject for you to get across to the masses when you know most of society is is non interested in hearing anything else 
Well, you know what? It is, but uh, it's getting out there more and more. It's kind of like advertising. You know, you see an ad 30 times, and then the 31st time, you're like, wait a minute. You know, mm -hmm. uh, people are opening up to the the idea of Flat Earth. And there are, you know, five years ago, you mentioned Flat Earth, and they say you're an idiot, and they laugh at you, and they don't invite you to the next party. Um, but now you say it, and they're like, you know, I've heard some stuff. Can you answer this? You know, how do seasons work? You know, how does circumnavigation work? Uh, you know, and then they, they start asking questions, and it's only when somebody actually stops laughing, stops ridiculing what they don't know, and they don't, they don't know two things. They don't know anything about the globe they're defending, and they think the, what they know about the flat earth, it, what, whatever they think they know about the flat earth is wrong. They've fallen for the gatekeeping. They think, you know, flat earthers think the earth rises at 9.8 meters per second to create gravity. That's nonsense. Nobody believes that, mm -hmm. right? You know, here, let me ask you a question. Thermodynamics says that you can't have high pressure next to low pressure without a barrier. For example, you have an aerosol can, it's high pressure, you poke a hole in it, it's going to um, equalize with the air pressure in the room, right? Right, right. So the, they tell us that the vacuum of space is the strongest, you know, purest vacuum. It's, it's called, the, they rate it in Tor, and it's a Tor 10. On Earth here, we can create like the, 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 we can create like a Tor 7 or Tor 6 vacuum and you need like 11 feet of lead walls so it doesn't collapse in on itself when you suck the air out. That's kind of crazy, okay? Mm -hmm. How can you have a pressurized system next to a vacuum without a barrier? And the only answer you can come up with is gravity, okay? Right. right? Gravity's holding the air down, right? So I could disprove that right now. When you drink through a straw, you're creating a very weak vacuum in your lungs, which is pulling the water or the air up and away from Earth. So the weak lungs of your vacuary, the, the, weak, the, the weak vacuum of your lungs can suck water and air up and away from gravity, but the Tor 10 vacuum of space cannot. Hmm. Here's another one for you. You ever, you know, when you fly in an airplane, if you have a water bottle that, uh, that you're drinking at ground level, and uh, you put the top on, you get up there, it kind of uh, expands a little bit. Or if you're drinking it and when you land, it collapses a little bit just from the tiny difference in air pressure, right? Right. Right. So <clears throat> the astronauts in their spacewalks, which are just utter nonsense if you just look at them, um, they're in these – I think they're just snowboarding suits um, <laughs> with, you know, with helmets, right? All the seals have to be perfect. Do you know what happens when you put – something in a vacuum, it blows up like the state puff marshmallow man before they got into a tour one vacuum, they would explode, mm -hmm. right? The way NASA trains astronauts, did you know that the space, there's a replica of the space station in a giant pool. They call the giant buoyancy, you know, the NASA labs buoyancy pool or whatever it's called. And in that pool, there's green screens around the edge of the pool. Mm -hmm. Really? Okay. Yeah. Right. And so, is that what is that they do that to simulate gravity? Well, when you're in a pool, water's trying to get in your suit. When you're in space, air is trying to get out of your suit. We've challenged them. Get a NASA, someone in a spacesuit, put them in a vacuum. Let's see it. And they will they actually tried it once in like the 1960s. And uh they the guy passed out in like 10 seconds and almost died, right? Because he because you can't do it. You can't live in a vacuum. It's nonsense. So much to, uh, <laughs> to to digest as always. Um, so much to think about. To think about and right. That's the problem. They've fluoridated us. They've sprayed lithium in the air. They've hit us with GMOs, vaccines. They've calcified our pineal gland, which is the connection to spirit, with fluoride, and we can't think. That's the problem. Then you watch the news, which is pure witchcraft. Um, they're using wizards tricks and spells to brainwash you into fear because when you're in that low vibration of fear, you give up your true power and then they make you think that there's nothing else, that you're stuck on this friggin' prison planet ball spec in an infinite universe. And then they make you think, ah, what difference does it make? I still have to work anyway. Mm -hmm. They let people make just enough to not rebel. You know, some of us do better than others, you know, and then the, the American dream, you know, like, think about this. They, you know, we talked about uh, in the Roman, ancient Roman times, which probably half of it's not true. You know, they, they put people in the Coliseums and they, they entertain them. Well, it's the same thing now. We have Coliseums, we have football games, baseball games. I mean, look at the energy that people put into watching these sports and, and whatnot, except it's, it's, they've distracted us. They've taken, they've, they've 
diverted us with bread and circus. They've kept us in fear. They make us believe that we're insignificant living on a spinning ball. And uh, there's and and that's it. And people will fight to defend that. It's easier to fool somebody than it is to convince them they've been fooled. Just as as we wind down here, are other planets in the sky flat? Because when you see them yeah. from Earth, they're they're round. Yeah. So no, um, <laughs> there are no other planets. Planet is plain with a T added to it. They as I mentioned earlier, they used to be called wandering stars. The only photos, or the pictures. I want to say photos because NASA will never use the word photo when talking about a planet. Um, are from NASA and Disney. Those are the only places you get them. But as I said earlier, our optics, you get the P1000 uh, zoom uh, camera and you zoom in on Mars or Saturn or a star, you'll see that it's a pulsing orb of light. It's not physical. It's a small light in our sky uh, close to the Earth. It's not a, there's no planets up there. You have to you have to get the helio nonsensical model out of your mind. The earth is the basement of the universe. The heavens above us are spinning above our heads, right? It's the only way we can see star trails is if they were spinning. And that would make sense that these fixed stars in the firmament spin once a year. And that's why the stars are in the exact same place the next year. You know, we've we've sent uh, amateur rockets up and about 73 miles, they hit something. It's kind of like a liquid barrier. It's the craziest thing ever. Um, again, in the app, those videos are in there. Um, and so we can't get higher than 73 miles. That's insane. And then also the deepest hole ever dug is called the Great Borehole. It was done in Russia and just short of eight miles, they hit an impenetrable barrier, kind of like a barrier above us and a barrier below us. What's below there? You know what's funny is uh, we all remember, you know, the Earth has a molten core. We've all seen the slice of the Earth taken out and they show us the different layers of what's down there. That's mm. all BS. It's all nonsense. Because when they were digging the Great Borehole, they were using their technology to see what's down there. And anything beyond just a few feet of where they were going, they were wrong. And it's like, all right, there's no more water. Then they hit water. All right, there's no more, you know, of, of ledge rock or whatever they're hitting. And there was the ledge rock. The, the, the technology just to go down eight miles was wrong the whole way. And so that's the deepest we've ever gotten. So anything below eight miles is, is a guess. And uh, we're, we teach it like it's a fact. And you mentioned earlier, just just quickly, if you're talking about Earth being the only only planet, uh, so you obviously don't believe that plane. there's a plane, right? <laughs> there's no uh, other other existence. Airplanes fly over the Earth plane; they fly straight and level. But you're saying that there's no chance there's aliens or UFOs or uh, oh no no. Let's talk about that. Thank you for reminding me. Sure. So I, I that was a, a hard one for me because you know what? I think I've seen enough testimony and evidence. Uh, that there is some sort of something's going on here with people, you know, visiting us. So what's more likely? Closest star. Let's say aliens lived on the closest star, you know, on a planet surrounding the closest star, 4.3 light years. So they've they've created some technology where they can go um, four times faster than the speed of light. So it'll take them just over a year to get here. OK, I'm making this up. And then they get here and they crash in Roswell. That makes no sense. But, you know, skipping skipping that. Did you know that all of the largest telescopes in the world are in Antarctica and in the far south? Um, because if you look at the flat Earth, that's on the outside, and they're all looking south across the plane. All of the wandering stars, which some people call planets, are all on the same plane. I'm like, how come they're not like traveling, looping the Earth in, uh, you know, looping the sun in all different uh, planes of orbits? But they're not. They're all on the same because they're traveling over a flat earth. They're not rocks in the sky. They're luminaries traveling, circling over the flat earth. So the big telescopes are looking outwards, which is south. They're not looking up. They're looking outwards. So what if um, the actually, if you look at the word extraterrestrial, extra terra, terra is territory, mm -hmm. uh, extra land. Um, what if the aliens are literally a day flight away on a conventional airplane? Okay. Right. Right. What if they're just over Antarctica? What if there's other suns out there? That sounds crazy. But if you look um, at the possibilities that we could be inside of concentric domes, that there could be other puddles out there. Again, this is speculation. 
because we can't go. But these things make far more sense than traveling through billions of years of, you know, billions of miles and getting here and crashing. No, these extraterrestrials, I believe, walk among us. Um, I believe we probably see somebody from lands that we don't know um, very often, maybe even every day if you're in crowded places. Mm. Who knows? Um, you know, and maybe the elite are going back and forth from there. You know, we don't know uh, what is going on beyond the shorelines of Antarctica. So the, the, the secret space program, I call it the secret propulsion program. Yes, we have anti-gravitic or anti-electromagnetic um, vehicles that can travel off of free energy and travel super fast speeds uh, that they don't want us to know about. And that's the secret gravitic, secret gravitics, anti-gravitics program. And it travels across the earth, across the earth plane. You know, it can go up, but there's a hard, fast barrier above us. Well, once again, David, I mean, so much stuff to, to think about it. And like you mentioned, thinking, there's nothing wrong with thinking about this. Um, what's what's the next step for you then to continue to spread the the, the, the facts and the word about, about Flat Earth? You know, with the YouTube apocalypse coming up, uh, taking out all of our stuff, we are just taking to the streets, uh, doing shows like yours. Thank you for having me on again. Thank you for having the courage, even though there's nothing to be afraid of, to, to have me on. Um, you know, the only thing you have to be afraid of is uh, listeners that refuse to think that, you know, if you're if you're one of Chris's fans and you're out there and going, this is ridiculous. I hate this like, whatever. Ask yourself why, you know, try to come up with one reason you think you live on a ball. OK, go to the app, click, click the videos in there and you'll see that there is not one. There's some things works on a ball, works on flat earth, works on both like circumnavigation east and west. But circumnavigation mm. south does not work um, on a flat earth, and no one's ever done it. That tells you something. There's things that only work on a flat earth. We can see too far. High pressure next to a vacuum. Um, you know, that that doesn't work. Um, and as there's things that could, there's the other third basket is only works on a ball earth. That basket is empty. There's nothing in it, right? And if you want to make $100,000, I think there's people offering $100,000 out there for one globe proof, okay? There's none. There's none. So ask yourself, why are you getting so upset? And the answer is because you don't want to take the time to look. You don't want to admit that your entire life this far has been a lie. You're probably a good person. You've done a lot. But guess what? When you wake up to the flat earth, um, it will it will change your life for the better. Um, and we we don't have a whole lot of time left. I think that people, you know, you need to wake up. You need to wake up quick and you need to say no. Um, just by saying no to the elite uh, takes your power back. They're not allowed to take it unless you agree. They're telling you, and if you don't say no, you're saying yes by default. Great way to end it off, David. Well, let's uh, keep keep us posted and what's going on, and um, we'll All keep right. uh, keep our eyes and ears to to remember. It's nothing. It's not. It's not a bad thing to think and, and question some of these things. And and with people like yourself, it makes it a lot easier to to get that information. Yeah, so check you know, check me out at the Flat Earth Podcast uh, with the episodes there. If you're driving, commuting, something good to listen to. And and check out the app. Take the app challenge. But warning, if you're not willing to accept the fact, you know, you don't want to become a Flat Earther, don't get the app. The Flat Earth, Sun, <laughs> Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. If you get nobody has gotten it and made it two weeks, there's no chance, there's no way. It's phenomenal. And the thing is, people are like, oh, I'll look into that app. I'll forget it. Each day. You get a simple little uh, iPhone uh, Android notification that says, you know, today, you know, the video's on so-and-so. And then you can click it or not. But it's like, oh, yeah, let me watch that. Two-minute video. I could watch that. Today's video is phenomenal, by the way. I made it, of course. Um, <laughs> and it, it basically shows that the sun goes away. It doesn't go down. And, uh, you know, it's just perspective that tricks you into thinking that. Take the app challenge, and uh, I guarantee uh, your life will change for the better. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All right, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Thanks, David.